Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HIC Talk Radio. We're going off the cuff this week. Last week was their 10th anniversary. We kind of started off the cuff. We just did what we wanted to do. And I am very, very happy and so proud that Dean and Omega Squad, who cat uh, got your tongue last week, Omega, uh, but Dean and Omega, and it was a reunion of sorts. It was, well, no, it wasn't a reunion of sorts. It was a reunion. It was good to know 10 years that we still have people that want to listen and ask to listen and then uh, never show up. Uh, things never change. It's, it's a beautiful thing, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, I am the posthumous award winner. Uh, Dan College, you go follow me on Twitter, Dan 83 All social media platforms, of course, Craig Lagan's career. Craig can be found at? At Craig Lagan, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. So... I so I'm I'm catching up on this and and I don't know how I can read that quickly and get the gist of it because uh, you're not I, I'm not one of those persons that reads an article title and go oh, that's what happened you know that's how we get Johnny Depp as a wife beater and it doesn't yeah. look like that's what happened at all no. um but uh, Alberto Del Rio Alberto Patron um mm-hmm. what's his real name I don't even know no I don't know. Uh, he went on Twitter today to talk about his ex-wife, the mother of his three children died today. Apparently, uh, in late uh, a couple weeks ago or a week ago, he was asking uh, social media, those who he could reach from social media to consider a blood platelet donation. Mm hmm. Uh, so I don't know what was going on, but apparently two days after he did that, uh, she, she had passed away. Uh, I'm trying to get definitely human being and thank each and everyone who wanted to donate blood and platelets to the media that spread the word and <laughs> passed away the sat passed away this Saturday, April 30th. I, I hate starting off a uh, bad news, but you know, all the. Back and forth that uh, Alberto Del Rio has dealt with, and all the BS and with Paige, and he was seemingly a, a really, really mean and, and abusive towards her, and then it's kind of a mutual thing. I like Sam McKinley. Um, I, the guy can't catch a break, man. Yeah, especially for someone who was on top in the biggest wrestling company in the world for a number of years you know that was used on top pretty much from his debut was a a, a top guy uh a world champion several times um even his return was met with a lot of um popularity a lot of fanfare <laughs> um for, <laughs> excuse me uh from what i do know uh about him wasn't really uh didn't really not get along there he didn't really have any problem with anyone outside page um but that was a domestic thing but um as far as the boys go i didn't hear any any bad stories um about him or that he had heat with anyone um on the roster or even even with vince because he came back after he he had left originally um but yeah but i i uh i the the guy can't catch a break and it's so it got so bad when I first saw the article today on Twitter, the one that you just read, Dan. I didn't read the whole thing. It's the first time I'm hearing it that you just read. 
uh, that I, I, when I saw that his ex-wife had died, because of his past with Paige, I thought, oh my God, is he saying something because they think he's got something to do with it? Um, but that's how... No, how... completely, yeah, completely unrelated, man. Okay. Just, just un... It's an unfortunate... Ugh. Yeah. It's a tragedy. It is a it tragedy. Was. For, you know, for, for him. You know, and there's there's people like Alberto that, you know, I I wasn't the biggest fan of, but I I I enjoyed him when he was on. Uh, I enjoyed his work when he uh, was on the WWE, and he's someone that I never rooted against, but he just can't seem to catch a break. Whereas someone like Sonny, who goes out of her way to sabotage herself, and in the same way she can't catch a break, only because she can't seem to get, get herself out of trouble. Um, and now, it also doesn't help that she's a raging asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and now, you know, and all the, for the, the many years, you know, that we've seen Sonny in the police blotter and everything and being arrested multiple times in a week uh, or in a month. Being uh, a white but, supremacist. Yeah. yeah. And what you know, if it was that easy to lock up people for being that, there'd be a lot. It would be more overcrowded than they are. They'd be locking themselves up. Oh, but now, but now she's killed someone. So that's that's where it. What? Dan, what? am I am I giving you an exclusive? You're giving me an exclusive. Sonny killed somebody. The last time she was arrested for drunk driving. She ran over a 70-something-old 70, 70 man. I don't know if I either forgot or... Or it, did, or it probably didn't register because she's been arrested so many times. You think, oh, okay, I'm going to well, be honest. I saw she was arrested again. I was like, eh, well. Exactly. But no, she, she borrowed her boyfriend's car and drove while drunk. Go figure. And she ran over, and she she hit an old man. She was, wasn't even arrested for it. No, come to it was a hit and run, and and he the guy later died. So you know, there's people like Alberto. It's like you know, and I'm saying he's a he's a good guy, but you know the things that have happened. He hasn't killed anybody. Yeah, I was gonna say, and that's that's the caveat. That's what I'm saying. You know, um, the things that happened to to. Alberto haven't always been self-inflicted. Sometimes I just can't catch a break. Whereas Sonny has been given every sort of break that an, an attractive well, white woman is given. Exactly. In, yes. That's what I was America, about to say. And still managed to um, mess it up consistently. Uh, but now there's, you know, now, now no, she has a murder on her hands. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Great. Uh boy, wow. Um, uh, let's go to. <laughs> I say like <laughs> no, uh, no, it's not happy either. It's lighter, but it's not happy. Uh, more WWE talent release. Yes. Uh, let me right off the bat. Dakota Kai asked for her release. Okay, yes, and she's not the only one who has asked for her release. No. Uh, so the, the names that... I have. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, but the fact that she was. Uh, I guess says something about management because you remember Mustafa Ali asked for his release. Now, there couldn't be any kind of motivation behind that now, Craig, could there? 
uh, because he, yeah, uh, but they didn't give it to him. And what do you know? He's back on TV in a uh, primetime spot. Uh, and later on in the second hour of their number one show, their the top rated show for what that's as long worth. as he's happy, good. But if if it's against his will, I'm just saying, yeah. not to evoke the name of Owen Hart, but to evoke the name of Owen Hart, perhaps not a great idea to, yeah, having I somebody just, do something stupid again. Yeah, I just found it interesting that Dakota Kai and Mustafa Ali both asked for their release, but Dakota Kai was granted hers. Couldn't be the color. Uh, Dexter Loomis, Malcolm Bevins, Dakota Kai Harland, and these names I'm unsure of, and that's because I'm way behind on watching. Persia, <laughs> Pirata, Raylan Divine, Drac- Draco Anthony, Bish yeah. Kenya, Mila Milani, Blair Baldwin. I just want to say something about Malcolm Bevins. Say something. He is amazing. Yeah. He should be a top manager. And I have seen him work in person. I have seen him work on other TV shows. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to undercut or oversell, but it is a you and I talk about the lost art of managers and the lack of managers on TV. And we just you had one Mm -hmm. and they're doing nothing. They did nothing. And now he's gone. God damn it. (laughs) How? He's so good. If there's a there's a good news for this. Uh, he didn't make if he didn't make it big as Malcolm Bivens, he can go someplace else and be bigger, um, being himself. Um, so good, so yeah. good. It's it's it is in the face of Paul Heyman and mm-hmm. other managers. They have Paul Heyman's been a manager for 40 goddamn years at this point. Yeah. He could be that. It could be that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a such a lost art and something I miss so much in professional wrestling are the managers, which you can't use the word anymore. The advocate, spiritual advisor, whatever, financial planner, Notre Republic. But um, yes, that that personality and that ringside personality is what's sorely missing. And uh, Malcolm Bivens is the only one that really has fit the bill. Even though I like Alex and AEW, they just like what everything else they do with AEW. That's really good. They'll bury it or they'll take it off TV for months at a time, then bring them back. And by then, you've already forgotten who they were. The Ghana, I don't want to harp on it too much because we've done whole episodes on it, but mm-hmm. AEW's got to re- get a good grasp of the raw. I'm just saying they have another company that they could roll some of these people onto. I know Samoa Joe's going to be the head of it for Ring yeah. of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could split that roster and not hurt either company. No. And run both separately. You can have ROH do the smaller places and the places they've always done and try to grow that organically because you, you have the fans that will be there for ROH. Right. Not for nothing, Ring of mm-hmm. Honor fans were loyal. 
Yes. There's very little time, little, very little times in the history that you could not count on. Most definitely. So I don't do what Vince did and sit there and do nothing. Do something with it. Well, then we, the, and that sounds great, Dan, and that's what would be the smart thing. But the only problem is that Tony Khan is in charge and he's the head booker. So what we want and what should happen are completely two completely different things. Because as much as I love seeing him on TV week after week, um, even though they're starting to misuse him now, uh, Stephen Regal should be the person in charge of ROH or the person in charge of AEW. Um, so you can get the most out of the roster that you do have. So the people that aren't being used properly on AEW can go to ROH or vice versa and make sure that everyone, you've got two national television shows, both, uh, you've got three hours of television, plus you've got your YouTube shows um, that you could use to set up your TV shows and use the, the YouTube shows you can have your own that could be your 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 farm system your ohio valley wrestling where you get guys over there and if you talk about it on your national shows um play clips to get people to go to youtube to watch these people and i would say you you need to have a cm punk on youtube youtube but if you start an angle or start a feud or start something on youtube that gets people to watch uh, that person or that angle, then you can bring that to your national uh, shows at some point. It's really not, it's not that hard. Territories have been doing it for a hundred years. Um, you do in the, in the theater, you do in the, uh, uh, on, you set something up on, in your house show or your, your, on your television uh, to get people to pay to see you get revenge or to see the, the the face come out on top because of what they saw this guy this dastardly guy did on tv you set up you use one to set up the other instead of just having everything happen on one show and then both people disappear and it's never be thought of again or just have a coffin match out of nowhere just because it's a coffin match on free tv uh, two guys that have only been feuding for a couple weeks. Yeah, so we'll have a coffin match. And they just had it and it's over. So now what do you do? We'll put Darby Allen with somebody else and we'll put Andrade with somebody else next Wednesday because they just had a coffin match that went nowhere and didn't settle anything. Huh. Well, yes. Craig, why don't why don't you why don't you why don't you just kill me? No, uh, why, why don't you take us to a trip back to better days to clean the palate? Make it a quick one this evening. Yes, that is what she said. I will make it a quick one, no, even she though never said that shit. Well, she didn't say it to me anyway. Um, uh, I'm going to try to. Make I just want to let you know. I want you to make it quick tonight. I don't want to spend any time on it at all. That's a lie. <laughs> right, I'll do my best, Dan, but uh, several things happened in this week in wrestling history that are noteworthy and we'll probably spend some time talking about. Um, right. 
Gentlemen and ladies, um, this is a time where we will go back to simpler times, back when territories ruled professional wrestling, back where something that happened on television can set up something that happens uh, in the arenas and in uh, stadiums, coliseums, high school gymnasiums, where wrestling was popular in all 50 states, where world champions actually meant something, when a belt, when a world title changed hands, if you weren't there to see it, you just missed it. And it would be talked about in lore and people years and decades from now claim that they were there uh, because it was such a historical thing. Nowadays, if the world title changed hands on TV or on a pay-per-view, everybody can say they saw it. And if not, they can just watch it on YouTube the next day. But we're not talking about now. We're talking about Ben back when wrestling was wrestling and not sports entertainment. We are talking about this week in pro wrestling history. This is the Wrestling Historian. We're going to go back to April 30th, 45 years ago this week. Something that I took to social media to um, commemorate the anniversary. is something that I've done every year uh, for the last uh, eight to 10 years. I've commemorated this anniversary. I even put it on every other website that I'm, wrestling website that I'm on, um, on Facebook, Vintage Pro Wrestling, Wrestling 60s, 70s, 80s, Classic Wrestling, I'm naming all, I'm name dropping all these Facebook wrestling groups because I wanted to share what happened in this week in wrestling 45 years ago. It's a significant date in pro wrestling history because what happened then was way ahead of its time. And, um, that still has long-reaching effects in pro wrestling today. April 30th, 1977, in Baltimore, Maryland, Bruno Sammartino, the greatest WWE champion of all time and my childhood um, hero in wrestling, lost the Worldwide Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship to superstar Billy Graham. And Superstar defeated the great Bruno Sammartino, who had only been beaten once in his entire WWF career. Held the belt for eight years, a record that will never be broken in any professional wrestling or sports entertainment realm. And he came back and regained the title and reigned for another three years until he lost it to Superstar Billy Graham. Graham, with both feet on his ropes, rolled up Bruno both feet on his rope, his back straightened out. The referee counted to three, and the belt was just given to superstar Billy Graham. And the fans couldn't believe it. Us fans didn't find out till a week later on TV when a young Vincent McMahon said that Bruno Sammartino had lost the belt to superstar Billy Graham. And wrestling fans thought, oh, well, well Bruno will just get it back because he's beaten superstar before. Bruno had beaten everyone before. And Superstar only won with his feet on the rope, so Bruno will get it back. Rematches all across the country, uh, the East Coast, Bruno and Superstar. Superstar came out with the belt. Cage match, fill up your spectrum, sold out 20,000 people. Bruno versus Superstar in a cage. Bruno Sammartino had never lost a cage match, ever. Bruno, in Vince McMahon's words, never even came close to losing a, a steel cage match. So this was locked up. We were going to watch history be made 
Bruno was going to be the first three-time WWF champion when he beat Superstar in his cage. But there's no way he's losing. Bruno dominated the Superstar from pillar to post. Superstar Billy Graham's face was a crimson mask, to steal a phrase from Gordon Soley. And he was outside the uh, the ropes, and Bruno was kicking Brant, Graham against the uh, the back of the cage. And just ran and just kicking him. And uh, the rules were the first man to escape the cage would win. So it was just a matter of time for Bruno just walked over the prone body of Superstar Billy Graham and walked through the door. Well, in one of those kicks, Bruno kicked Superstar and Superstar fell back first through the cage door and was the first man to escape the cage. So Superstar retained the WWF Heavyweight Championship. And for the next 10 months, Dan, in every arena on the East Coast, the Philadelphia Spectrum, Boston Garden, the Cap Center in Landover, Maryland, 20, 20 main event matches at Madison Square Garden. Superstar sold out every one of them. I would uh, amend that. He sold out the Garden 19 out of 20 times. He was world champion. The 19th time, the one time he didn't, he got 18,000 people in Madison Square Garden to see Superstar versus Ivan Putski in a blizzard. It didn't sell out, but they still had 18,000 in Madison Square Garden to see Superstar Billy Graham as champion. Superstar Billy Graham as a WWF champion for 10 months did as much, if not bigger crowds than Bruno did when he was champion. And showed no signs of stopping. Superstar even wrestled on NWA cards in St. Louis because the NWA wanted. WWF was part of the NWA. So Superstar wrestled a young Sergeant Slaughter in St. Louis. He wrestled Dusty in Florida. He wrestled for Paul Bosch in Texas. He wrestled in Toronto um, against Ivan Putski as a WWF heavyweight champion. Superstar Billy Graham was a box office draw before he became world champion. Now he was the world champion wearing Bruno's belt. And he was the biggest star in professional wrestling. A rule, a heel champion was the WWF heavyweight champion. And he got a run with it. The previous heel champions, Ivan Koloff held it for a month. That was he was a transition champion. They won. They got the belt off Bruno. Bruno had been on top for eight years. Needed a break. They wanted to put the belt on Pedro Morales, who was also coming up, and he had his own legion of fans. They used Ivan Koloff as a transitional champion. He pins Bruno. Pedro pins Ivan a month later, and business goes on. Uh, but with Pedro, just like with Bruno, there were riots. Uh, so they wanted to get, and they asked. They coaxed Bruno to come back out of retirement and they signed Bruno to one of the most lucrative contracts in wrestling history. So not only was Bruno getting the salary that he got, but he was also getting a cut of the gate at every arena where he made evented. So that was enough to entice Bruno back in to the WWF, but they needed a transitional. They couldn't have Bruno beat Pedro and her Stan Stasiak. He beats Pedro right here in Philadelphia. They didn't give the belt to Stan because they didn't want to riot. 
Both men's shoulders were down. The referee counted to three and did announce Stan as new champion. Didn't even give him the belt. The next week on TV, they said Stan Stasiak is a WWF heavyweight champion. Nine days later, he loses the belt to Bruno in Madison Square Garden. Transition champion. Stasiak held it for nine days. Ivan Koloff held it for a month and a half. Superstar was on top for 10 months. 10 months of record-breaking box office. Like I said, sold out Madison Square Garden 19 out of 20 times. But wrestling back then, Dan, you had a start date and you had an end date. Bob Backlund had already been chosen as the next guy to be the WWF heavyweight champion as per decreed by Vince McMahon Sr. Because thanks to his friend, Eddie Graham, um, one of the, the Graham brothers, and who was tremendously successful in the WWF under Vince's dad, under Vince McMahon Sr., they had a talent acquisition, talent trade-off. So wrestlers from the WWF would go down to Florida, and Florida wrestlers from championship wrestling from Florida would wrestle in the WWF. And Vince even had championship from wrestling shown on the East Coast in New York and in Philadelphia. That's part of their handshake deal of their talent exchange. And the, some of the wrestlers that would come up to the WWF would be Steve Kern, Bob Backlund, Dusty Rhodes, and superstar Billy Graham. So when Graham was champion, uh, Vince wanted to, he liked what he saw in Florida, and he saw, and he had a house down in Florida. And he, back then, the champ, their NWA champion was Jack Briscoe. And Jack Briscoe, was the, as the NWA champion, was doing record business, record houses, not just in the East Coast, but in Florida and Texas, uh, California, uh, in the Mid-Atlantic, Georgia. And not a single riot, Dan. Huh? Go figure. So oh. Vince, Vince McMahon Sr. got in his head that, I want to have an all-American champion. I want a I want my own Jack Briscoe. Jack Briscoe was an NCAA wrestling champion, clean cut, great smile, Native American. And Eddie said, I want that. I mean, Vince McMahon told Eddie Graham, I want, I want that. Eddie Graham said, Steve Kern, that's your guy. Smart, good looking kid, good talker. And you want all-American boy. His father was a POW twice in Vietnam and the Korean War, and he can talk. That's your guy. Vince McMahon said, yeah, I like that Backlund kid, though. He's an NCAA <laughs> college wrestling champion. He's built like a, you know, he's got a great body. He's got a great look. And Eddie's like, you sure? Kern's a man, though. I mean, you want a guy that can talk and an all-American boy, and he's got the, the father and all that. Nah, well, I'll take Backlund. The rest is history. Uh, but Bob Backlund was chosen already to be the successor to Billy Graham. And we've talked about it, how often superstar Billy Graham, to me, is the most influential wrestler of his generation. The first guy to rip off his shirt when he got in the ring, superstar. The first guy to refer to his arms as pythons, superstar. First guy to come in the ring wearing feather boas and tie-dye, superstar. First guy to win a world champion with his championship with his feet on the ropes, superstar. First guy to cup his hand to his ear to hear the crowd boo him, superstar. 
There would be no Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Austin Idol, Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner, if there is no superstar. Uh, he was the man before there was a man. Before there was a Ric Flair, there was a superstar, Billy Graham. And had Vince Jr. been in charge instead of Vince Sr., we would have seen a lot longer than a 10-month reign out of the guy that was selling out Madison Square Garden 19 out of 20 times. A face Billy Graham teaming up with the Dusty Roads. License to print money right there. And you could have run that for another three or four years to the point where there may not even have even been a Hulk Hogan in the WWF. We would have been better off. Yeah. But 45 years ago this week, April 30th, 1977, one of the most important dates in wrestling history because that was the day superstar Billy Graham became the Worldwide Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion and changed the course of wrestling forever. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. It uh, will never be done again. No. No. And the name of his DVD, and we've discussed it on this podcast, was called... Uh, uh, 10 years too soon uh, because the what Superstar was doing in 1977 through 1978 um, was, do, was what Hulk Hogan was doing, what would have been doing, was doing seven years later. But uh, Superstar um, did it first and did it better. He had the rap. He had the, uh, the style. In his own words, couldn't wrestle a lick, but People didn't pay to see him wrestle. People paid to see that body, to see him sell his ass off, uh, and to see and to see him eventually get beat. But it didn't happen because uh, Superstar was the man. And as he would say, you know, swimming uh, the English Channel with yachts tied to my arms, or the um, he would when he would have his classic interviews with uh, with a young Vincent Benny McMahon. He would say, look at these arms, he goes, and you should see me live in Technicolor. And if you don't have a, if you have a black and white set, go out and steal a color TV so you can see my beautiful body. <laughs> Encouraging crime uh, that Billy Graham did. Uh, you watch any of the, your YouTube homework assignment, watch any of superstar Billy Graham's matches in Madison Square Garden, his match against Dusty Rhodes. I continue to call it magic. That's exactly what it was. Uh, he and Dusty at the top of their game, both of them, the the best on the mic, um, their match, their pre-interview match before the match, and uh, after the match, the crowd was absolutely electric. Uh, but yeah, superstar Billy Graham, um, the man, he, he did it first. And some would argue did it best. Um, <laughs> I'll argue he did it best. Yeah, uh, but that was April 30th. Um, let's see what else um, happened this week in wrestling. Um, May 19, May 1st, 1986, uh, the taping of uh, Saturday Night's main event in Providence. Uh, this would air May 3rd. It was aired today, um, 36 years ago. Uh, but it was the DDT heard around the world, uh, Jake Snake Roberts. Dropped Ricky Steamboat on his head, uh, for real. <laughs> and I was—I remember when I watched it. It's a man. 
why I love Ricky Steamboat because the guy could sell, man. At rest, and that really looked like he hit his head on the uh, on the concrete. That looked like it fucking hurt. <laughs> oh, he, he's really selling being unconscious, isn't he? I mean, Jake's trying to pull him up, but he's dead weight. I was like, wow, way to go, Ricky. Uh, turns out <laughs> Ricky Steamboat dead. was unconscious, and he was dropped on his head, and he really didn't remember a single thing to this day. Uh, during the, that whole exchange, the last thing he remembers was the before the match started, Jake clotheslined him, and then that was supposed to be the plan. He was going to DDT him on the concrete floor, and the match would continue. Well, match didn't continue because Ricky Steamboat was out cold. Um, but uh, that happened. Uh, a year later, on that same date, May 1st, 1987, uh, we were... It didn't have a name, but uh, it may as well have been called the WrestleMania uh, Revenge Tour because after their classic bout, Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat's classic Intercontinental Championship bout at WrestleMania three in 1987, they had a series of return matches across the country for the Intercontinental Championship, and they were cage matches. And these matches weren't taped weren't filmed, but for everyone that was there, and I heard, got pen pals just for this specific reason, because I wanted to hear, and some of the, the pictures that I saw from the After Magazine, Wrestling 87, were absolutely incredible. So apparently, damn, the cage matches that Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage had were 10 times better than their WrestleMania three match at uh in the Pontiac Silverdome so they had their first cage match in Uniondale Long Island May 1st 1987 and their next one was the very next day May 2nd 1987 in Chicago and in both bouts uh I think they both went 35 minutes uh Steamboat won but there was pictures of Savage trying to escape from the cage and Steamboat grabbing him by the hair as Savage went to drop down. And there's pictures of Steamboat holding Savage by his hair with both Savage's arms flailing, trying to get... So Ricky Steamboat was holding up Randy Savage by his hair, 15 feet in the air, over a cage, and pulled him back in. Uh, Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) But those matches were considered absolute classics. Big, big uh, ouch. Yeah, big ouchy. Uh, speaking of May 2nd, um, in 1987, when Rick Steamboat and, and Randy Savage were having an epic cage match in Chicago, at that same time, all the way in San Francisco, California, Nick Bockwinkle would lose the AWA championship for the eighth and final time to his eventual predecessor and winning his first and only World Heavyweight Championship, May 2nd, 1987, would be the future Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. Yeah. Would win his first and only World Heavyweight Championship, uh, the AWA Heavyweight title. Um, of course, the AWA would only be in existence for another three years, but Kurt Henning was the world champion, and rightfully so. Um, for a while, you know, AWA had been always been seen as the Vern Gagne 
old man's club and no fight against Nick Bockwinkle, who at this point was in his early 50s, still could go and still in phenomenal shape um, and still beating Nick Bockwinkle was a huge uh, win in anyone's cap because Nick Bockwinkle didn't lose. And to put him over is a, a big sign of respect. And that was to Kurt Henning. And Kurt Henning won his first and only World Heavyweight Championship um, May 2nd, 1987. Mm. Yeah, another guy, I think he should have been a world champion in uh, another federation, but that's, uh, that's an HNP. When people talk about guys that should have been world champion, I know Derek uh, Demack, father to be, has Scott Hall on his list. I will always say that uh, Kurt Henning and Ted DiBiase, at least in the WWF, uh, should have gone over Hogan uh at, at some point and they would have been just as fine uh heavyweight champions uh since we're talking about heel champions it's commonplace now but um uh when superstar did it or if ted dibiase did it it would have it would have done great business i want to throw out uh throw the name roddy piper out there in that list as well oh yeah 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 I've said on this very podcast, and I want to thank you for giving me this forum to talk about this on podcast because I said it for many, many, many years. Um, if Hogan hadn't been Hogan, um, if you had put the belt on Roddy Piper before WrestleMania and had Piper be the champion going into the very first WrestleMania, forget Madison Square Garden. You could have sold that Yankee Stadium. Um, Piper is champion going into WrestleMania. The mind wobbles, but I I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, and I, I Piper I know is sometimes left off the list of guys that should have been world champion, but Piper was unlike uh, a DiBiase or or Henning who definitely deserved it. Piper was always so he was like Andre or the Road Warriors. He was so big and so over that he didn't need a belt to be uh, a main event or to draw a sellout crowd or to be just money. 100%. So, but he still should have been. But he still should have been, yes. Just just in that, in that, in that rock and wrestling era, Piper should have been, should have had a run as, as world champion. Um, at least one, even if it's just a month, just to, even if it's just to set up uh, the next big, uh, big, money main event uh and speaking of big money main events um may 2nd um 19 72 uh was born a sure young about that. i'm sure about that um because he just turned 50 i was just watching his uh show that's based on his life somewhat question mark on the NBC affiliate here, but 50 years ago, yesterday, 1972, greatness was born in the form of Flex Cavana. So a happy 50th anniversary to Mr. Flex Cavana, former USWA tag team champion, um, who went on to do a great many things. And at some point, someone called him the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Um, <laughs> doing the rocks eyebrow. 
which was originally coined by my grandmother and everybody else's grandmother all over the world. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen uh, someone rise that fast, that quickly, that fast uh, from such, I like this guy from Rocky Maivia. I was like, that guy's going to revolutionize this smiling motherfucker here. <laughs> the one that I'm that I'm chanting with the crowd, die, Rocky, die, too. <laughs> that guy? He's second generation. He's third generation. Fuck him. Wait. He sucks. Man, he's third generation. He's no Chavo Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's better. That's a third generation superstar. I don't give a there you go. But he... <laughs> You give him a mic, you let him be himself, you put him in the nation, and you have him learn at the feet of Ron Simmons and another green guy like Mark Henry. And yes, the lines, uh, hey, know your role, D'Lo, know your role. And uh, it's that look. And then every time he came on TV, and this is back in the days when Remember this game? We'd watch wrestling with a group of friends because everyone loved wrestling. When this guy came on, it was like, oh, shh, shh. Gotta hear this. I don't even know what he's gonna say, but you gotta hear this. I had the opposite. My grandmother hated wrestling, but she loved Rocky. Can and I tell she you would she ahead. would call me every time he was on as if I wasn't watching. <laughs> Rock's on. Yeah. Now I know, Grandma. Gotta go. Back when we had pay-per-view uh, parties and we'd switch, you know, sometimes I have it in my place, sometimes we have it at um, the other friends' places. And we would go and they would, and believe it or not, we had girlfriends and the girlfriends would come over too. That were their excuse to drink while we were watching our man stuff as um, <laughs> one of their girlfriends called it. Um, because they thought it was so stupid. Yet uh they'd walk the rock in came and, on. And then it was like, oh God, are you guys done yet? Oh, so okay. Wait, who's that? To a woman. They, they had the same reaction. <laughs> I know, I think I'll I said, I said, Deb, you don't want to see this? It's like, no, it's stupid. Okay, wait a minute, who's that guy? Yeah. yeah. My mom, my mom had that with, no, not Rocky. No, different rock. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Different rock, Matt. Not our friend Rock. Rock R O C K, not R O Q U E. Um, no. my mom. Uh, not to take away from uh, Dwayne Johnson, but my mom's was Kevin Nash. Yeah, you know she my would mom... stop and go. I'm like, all right, mom, can you leave the room, you know, please? While you're you know, who my mom's was your mom's was Kevin Nash. You know, who my mom's was. Otherwise, this is Saturday afternoon. I'm watching. And I had to go down in the kitchen because my TV was so I watching in the kitchen or my mom was had just was got about to make me lunch on Saturday afternoon wrestling. And I just noticed that my mom had been standing behind me the whole time. And I thought I was in trouble because she was just standing there behind me. Watch. And I realized she was watching TV. Randy Savage. She was like, that macho a, man. That is a good looking man. And then when she when he would do his move, when he would jump over the top rope and go all the way down the floor, mom would go, woo! Oh. <laughs> you know what? We're I'm questioning that, but you see who he was married to. 
Not Rocky Balboa, badass. Oh Dwayne God. The Rock Johnson, the movie star guy. He was a wrestler first. Yeah, go figure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, my mom had it for Randy Savage. Always on his end. Again, I make fun of I, I'm joking around, but I'm like, Elizabeth, gorgeous George. What do I know? <laughs> Work out every day, brother. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, I came in that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to know I came in that. I'm talking to you now from Insider. That's what that echo is. I. <laughs> this is a Nope. Nope. <laughs> and that's on that note, gentlemen and ladies, is the wrestling historian. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter at Craig Lagon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S. You can follow me on all social media platforms at DanLaw83. Go to your... Sorry, I'm trying to type at the same time for the text I'm going to put across the screen. And apparently I cannot type and talk at the same time. Who knew? Uh, Follow me on all social media platforms. I said that, DanLaw83. Go to your... Uh, go to your app or tablet. Go to your app. <laughs> app tablet. Go to your applet. It's a phone, Dan. It's been called a phone for hundreds of years, you moron. Go to your smartphone or tablet. Go to your podcast app and type in HIAC Talk Radio Network. Look for the badass. Look for the green and purple looking logo. Not the old black and white logo. Look for the newer logo with the uh, purple microphone. Click follow, subscribe, leave us a good review. Don't leave us a bad review. Tell your friends, tell your family. Listen to the HIC Talk Radio Network. Listen for Bannock Mixtape. Listen for the Nerd Herders. Listen for the Pro Wrestling Podcast. And listen for Stadium Journey Travel Sports Podcast for Craig Legans. I am the other guy. Bye.